0: Jalen Tyson was added as a Red Raider last season, but will be suited up for the first time at Texas Tech coming this fall. What to expect? We've got the scoop coming up on today's Locked On Texas Tech. Our Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, so be sure that you are subscribed to our channel if you have not already. I'm Ryan Mainville. He's Emery Lida. Today, we are talking Jalen Tyson. We've been doing these season reviews for guys. We've still got one left on Daniel Boccio, who we'll have coming at you later this week, likely, but Jalen Tyson is definitely a guy that I'm really excited to dig into because Obviously, there's a lot of backstory here with Tyson and the Red Raiders, and then coming back last season, sitting on the bench, getting to redshirt and practice for essentially the rest of last season. It's an exciting story, and I feel like a lot of Red Raider fans are excited about him, and yet to some degree, I still feel like he's flying under the radar when it comes to the mix of next year's team. But Jalen Tyson, man, there's a lot to like here. A guy with a long history with the Red Raiders, but... He's back in Lubbock. He'll be there next year, and there's a lot to be excited about.
1: Yeah, I mean, Tyson's someone that obviously was committed to Tech before Chris Beard left the program. He's someone that was a high four-star recruit pretty much anywhere you looked. He's someone that really was hyped up quite a bit before he decommitted as someone that Tech was going to be able to rely on for a couple of years. Went to Texas, obviously high expectations there, just didn't – quite fit and you could really tell from the get-go that for whatever reason Beard and company just did not want to utilize him well he only got 14 minutes as 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 the most he played and that was on the first game of the year against Houston Baptist he played a grand total of one minute against any sort of legitimate competition that was against Gonzaga so just could not find a way into the rotation certainly someone with a lot of natural talent I mean you look at the jump shot being extremely crisp his ability as a creator is something that kind of been mixed reviews i think a lot of people have kind of differing opinions on that but certainly it's something that he has shown flashes of creation and just in general he's a player that you really the one word that really or one sort of phrase that i would use to describe him is high feel and i know sometimes that gets usual, a bit too much in basketball circles but tyson's a guy that has sort of a really high basketball iq on defense it allows him to kind of get away with some of his athletic shortcomings offensively, I think it allows him to really move well off the ball. And I think that if you're looking at some of the things Tech struggled with last year in terms of shooting and being able to move and cut well off the ball, that's something that Tyson can produce really well. And so for me, I look at this and I look at what Tyson was able to do in high school and what it, by all accounts, it seems like he is as a player. And this is someone that if he can live up to his potential, he can fit exactly what Tech needs out of a wing and can be someone that you can really plug and play alongside a variety of players. I think that's something, the versatility that he provides from a positional standpoint is really important.
0: Yeah, and I know everybody likes to dunk on Texas, and it is fun, but it legitimately is really confusing when you think about the lack of minutes that he played last season. I mean, what Texas really needed at points of last season were athletic wings that could shoot the ball. And that was Jason Jalen Tyson. He was right there on the bench and yet never really got that opportunity that it felt like he he could have broken into um, in the rotation. And it's even more surprising when you look at that 14 minute game that he played against Houston Baptist in the opener. Obviously, you know, it's Houston Baptist. It was a murder of a game. But Tyson scored 11 points on five of five shooting. He had three boards, one steal, one block, and no turnovers. And I feel like that's just exactly the kind of player that he is. He's going to put points on the board. He's going to do it at an efficient clip, and he's going to play good defense. And so, honestly, I know that that has been kind of weaponized by Texas fans uh, against Texas Tech for landing Tyson. And it's like, hey, this guy couldn't crack minutes here and he was exactly what we needed so he's definitely not as good as you make it seem but like i just legitimately can't think of another way to to paint it other than bad roster management whenever you think about tyson and the way that he just failed to get put on the court last season It, it legitimately is baffling to me
1: yeah i think any texas fan that kind of reaches out with that the counter would be well would you rather have brock cunningham coming to texas tech and have him playing 20 minutes a night and picking up more fouls than points. Like, I just look at Texas's shortcomings as a roster last year and the fact that they didn't have any real wings in the rotation. Like, I mean, you were having to rely on Jace Fevers and whatever's remaining of him as a player, and I feel like he's someone's kind of had to deal with injuries over his career. But you're relying on him to be really your only source of wings. Obviously, you had guys like Disu and Timmy Allen, and obviously Trey Mitchell before whatever happened there went down. I mean, you had those guys, but generally speaking, like they were all better off as bigs. You had obviously Bishop trying to play in kind of a three at times. Like it just did not go very well. And so like for them to not play Jalen Tyson and rely on Brock Cunningham as your only wing, like that's a them problem. And I think Jalen Tyson is a player, certainly he's got a little bit of shortcomings athletically, I would say is is lateral quickness isn't quite what you would – expect from a really versatile wing but he makes up for it in other areas i think his ball skills allow him to be someone that offensively can play a variety of different roles and then defensively as well he's got really good anticipation so like fundamentally he's a player that by all means should be in the rotation should be playing heavy minutes and i mean let's not act like texas was perfect in their in their roster management in the first place or someone that had devin Askew in the rotation i mean that's kind of a mistake on its own part they had rush or shortcomings from a wing sample. Like I mentioned, they ended up kind of going around and not figuring out what they were doing with the big lineup until really late in the season. And as well as that, even with the guards, you had Andrew Jones coming off the bench for a good portion of the year. Like it's just not, they weren't able to really find the rotation in general. So for Tyson to not crack the rotation in the like 10 games that he was present for, I don't find that to be an indictment against him at all. I think it's more of just, he couldn't figure things out. Texas couldn't figure things out. It just wasn't meant to be. And Texas Tech is getting a really good talent in Jalen Tyson. They've had a really good talent by all accounts in practice. It's looked like he's been a really good player, obviously as a recruiting pedigree coming to his name before then. So there's a lot to like about Jalen Tyson, and the fact that he didn't get minutes at Texas isn't something that concerns me too much.
0: Yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I've heard coming out of early practices so far on Tyson, but naturally he's probably the Texas, or without a doubt, He's the Texas Tech athlete that I've watched in high school more than anybody else. He's from Plano, Texas. I'm from Plano, Texas. So naturally, I got in the gym quite often to see him play at John Paul. And what I picked up on in those probably dozen games that I got to see him play live is just his natural ability to score at all three levels. I mean, it's really, really rare what he can do in that kind of offense. A guy that can shoot the three, he's got a good, effective three-point shot, he's got the ability to put the ball down on the court and go go use a screen or, or use some sort of dribble move to create space in the mid-range. And then I think it's an area of an improvement for him, but he's got enough capabilities to handle the ball and get the ball to the rim. And so the three-level scoring ability for Jalen Tyson is by far... I think the skill set that bodes the best for him to earn a role at Texas Tech next season. And also the thing that I could that I think truly can make him a very, very different offensive player than Texas Tech has seen in a minute, man.
1: Yeah, for sure. His bowling ability, obviously I think he has a little bit of room to improve as a driver. And certainly the natural burst is gonna be something that he has to work through a little bit, but I mean, Tyson's a guy that offensively has just so much versatility and potential to his game. Like that's something Tech doesn't really hasn't really seen a lot of out of a wing. I mean, obviously you have McCuller and Shannon and what they provided as ball handlers, but certainly they both kind of lack the shooting ability at all three levels that what you could say a guy like Tyson has. And in general, he's someone that Tech fans have had a long time to sort of look through his high school tape. I mean, at this point, we've known about him for a very long time obviously Ryan's seen more of him than probably just about anyone in tech circles and for another thing is I just want to say that we're getting to the point where the Plano Texas connection in this podcast and talking about Jalen Tyson is about as much as my uh pre-Duke game mentioning of the UNC Duke game in uh, Cameron Endor but regardless I mean Jalen Tyson's a guy that has a lot of talent someone that it's been fun to watch on tape certainly haven't been able to see him in person like a certain other co-host has but I think that Tyson's ability, in general, offensively, is going to be a huge addition because if you look at the what Tech has on the roster right now, one of the shortcomings outside of Tyson is at the wing spot in terms of just making offensive production. That's something that you're going to have to kind of replace this year without McCuller or without Shannon coming back. And so to have a guy like Tyson that can score at all three levels, that can play well off the ball, it's also a good on-ball score as well. At times, I mean, that's something you're always going to want on your team.
0: Yeah, shout out to a. Uh... Tyler Owens as well. New Red Raider DB out of Plano, Texas, man. The pipeline is strong and it is fresh. All right, I'm hearing some really exciting things about Jalen Tyson coming out of practice. We'll get into those, but first a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks again for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Here talking Jalen Tyson, who's obviously been within the program for a couple of months now, Um, transferred in, I believe, in January after those eight games that he played with Texas and then obviously had to sit on the bench and watch the team play, but he was active in practices and in the weight room and now he is getting into some limited practice action obviously texas tech only has a couple of guys in the building right now that were in the program last year but early word uh, on jalen tyson from practice really the number one thing that i continue to hear is the ability to create his own shot and and that's been primarily the feedback there has been uh at the three-point level and also at the mid-range and so it's seen, It's sounding like it's a consistent thing for him to just create shots with his size and his ability to handle the ball well and effectively without turning it over. Um, he puts the ball down, and he makes good decisions when he does it. I think that's something that should get Texas Tech fans really, really excited, because when you begin to think about guys that have had this in their bag over the last couple of seasons, I mean, outside of true point guards, the, the list is really limited. Like, Jarrett Culver was really good at it. Jemias Ramsey was also good at it, although he was a little more turnover-prone than I think a lot of Red Raiders would have preferred. But Davide Moretti, to a degree, and even then, it, it's it's very limited. And so Jalen Tyson and the feedback of being able to score at that mid range in three point level after putting the ball on the court and creating his own shot is something that has been uh, passed on with a lot of excitement. And I think it bodes really, really well for him uh, when you begin to consider his role for next year. Yeah. I
1: mean, you're looking at
0: a really short list of guys attacked that were both efficient three point shooters
1: and could create their own three point shot effectively. I mean, Culver obviously had the shooting slump in his 2019 year. I think in 2018 and early parts of 19, he was more reliable as a shooter. Obviously, you have guys like Maradi and Ramsey, but I think both of those guys kind of had their shortcomings in creating their own shot, or they were too turnover prone to be sort of reliable guards in the case of Ramsey. And so, like you're looking down the list, I mean, you could say Kyler Edwards, but the year where Kyler Edwards was tasked with being more of a ball handler was the year where he shot 30% from three his best seasons came when he was almost exclusively a catch and shoot guy. So like, if you're looking at guys that really created their shot well from three point range, you could say, well, Jarek Culver is one of them. But again, he had that massive slump in the year where he's had a high usage. And then you have Naeem Stevenson is another one that maybe comes to mind as someone that created, could create his own shot and was pretty efficient from three. But even then, like not no one off the top of my head as a tech wing in the last five or six years has both, been efficient from three-point range and also been able to create their own shot effectively. And I think based off of what you're hearing from practice, based off of what we've seen from Tyson, that ability to create from the two highest levels is something that he really has in his bag. We know we can trust him as a shooter. We know the ball handling might need a little bit of work, but regardless, I mean that's something that he has in his arsenal. And when you have a wing that has the ability to create his own shot from deep and shoot it efficiently, then that really opens up your offense because that's someone that doesn't have to necessarily be an exclusive catch-and-shoot guy. Like, I mean, I've we've talked about Buzo a lot on this pod, but we can agree that one of his shortcomings was probably that he's not really much of a self-shot creator, at least at the college level. Tyson gives you that. Now suddenly you're talking about someone that can be an elite-level catch-and-shoot guy as well as being an above-average three-point shooter off the dribble. You add both of those things together, it's a really dangerous offensive weapon. And just given what he can do from a pull-up standpoint, given his cutting ability, just in general, like he's a player that offensively has just so many different values. I think defensively as well is something that if you look at what people maybe had these conceptions about him, about oh, well, like he's not overly an athletic for a wing and that he's maybe going to struggle defensively. I'd say just watching the tape and then hearing just little bits and pieces is his ability and anticipation and his ability to kind of be a really smart defensive player is going to help him out a lot. And I think that's the biggest thing. If you look at what Tech has really done well with in years past with Wings is guys that are really smart, really have good basketball IQ and can switch well and not have communication breakdowns. And I think that's something that Tyson, just hearing what we've heard and obviously seeing what we see in high school, you see a lot of that potential with him as a player and just being able to switch effectively, defensively be able to sort of guard pretty much any position. And so I think that's something that looking at Tyson's game, I'm really excited for because defensively, obviously it's a lot more of an unknown heading into tech, but I'm optimistic just like I'm really optimistic about what he can do offensively.
0: Yeah. One other thing I'm consistently hearing good things about is his ability to make good reads on passes. And so I think this really goes hand in hand with what you were saying about the basketball IQ. And it's important to differentiate this between Uh, just natural playmaking ability. I I wouldn't bet on Tyson being a high-usage playmaker next year in terms of looking like a true point guard. I think the development is there for it to happen to some degree. But right now, essentially the buzz is that when he is on the attack and he gets the ball inside the arc and he stretches the defense, he's able to make a good read to the open guy. And I think that's something that Texas Tech will will sorely need next year. And this is the importance of, again, talking about a guy who's more than a catch-and-shoot guy. Right now, the Texas Tech roster has landed a number of really talented catch-and-shoot guys, and they may add another one this week. But to have a guy like Tyson who can put the ball on the court and then force the defense and create that gravity, it's really, really helpful for you. And I'll say this. It's going to sound like a little bit more brash than I intended to, but I think it's fair. T.J. Shannon's driving ability last season could not be replicated by anybody. When he was on, he was the best driver on the team. But he also had a tendency to get tunnel vision and go full speed at the rim and either make a bad pass, turn the ball over, or draw a foul. And so having a guy like Tyson – can kind of catch his breath obviously he doesn't have the burst that tj does i think he he's got a little bit more left hand usage or i guess in this hand weak weak hand usage since tj was a lefty but um man to be able to look slow down and find the right read is a really really valuable trait and especially for a guy his age to be playing that controlled is good news especially in may
1: yeah, I think that Jalen Tyson's ability as a driver, it's a completely different ability than what TJ Shannon offers. I mean, Shannon, natural burst, we didn't really see it a lot last year just because of the back entry and sort of how that limited him. But when he was on and when he was healthy, his burst is something that really very few wings in the country have that level of driving ability. And so holistically as a driver, yeah, you would want to take Shannon just because of his ability to get to the rim effectively. And it's really good and flexible finisher. I'm not sure that Tyson possesses the same abilities. Obviously, as a, from a burst standpoint, he's definitely not quite on the same stratosphere. And then as well as that finishing, we haven't really seen much of him at the college level, so that's kind of hard to tell. But man, I mean, looking at how, how Tyson's able to read plays and make efficient passes off the drives, I think that's something that you're going to really see a benefit from. And I, I'm a little bit skeptical of how much he's going to be used in that capacity as a driver. I certainly think that maybe you might see, especially early on in the season, him just be more of a catch and shoot and when he does get opportunities to handle the ball it's more of sort of focusing on getting in the in the pull-up opportunities or potentially just being a facilitator on the outside but certainly Tyson's a guy that can have that level of ability to pass the ball well off the drives and can make high level reads especially on on guys that are cutters and so that's the biggest thing with tyson is it's his ability as a high fuel guy that can really serve a whole lot of different purposes he can be a catch and shoot dude he can be someone that can make pull up threes he's someone that if he's given the opportunity to drive we know that he has the potential to be a good level passer of off of those drives and just in general it comes down to how tech wants to use him and how much he can get involved in the lineup but certainly offensively he's got a lot of the skill sets that tech might have struggled with last year and i think that you look at what he can add to the team, it certainly outweighs some of his negatives and some of the things that we haven't seen yet.
0: All right, let's talk about what his potential role could be for next season. But first, a quick word from BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all of the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, well, I hope that I'm not missing anybody here. Um, been off of Twitter for about a week now. Um, and so I'm kind of having to keep my ear to the ground a little bit more than usual. But projecting the starting five right now. It's pretty difficult, but you got to think Davian Harmon obviously gets a guard starting spot. Um, then Damarion Williams, maybe. And then I'd probably go Jalen Tyson at, at the three, and then O'Banner and AMAC to, to load off your front court. So that means that right now I'm projecting a guy that played eight games last season in college basketball to start for texas tech emory am i a crazy plano homer or is there good reason to believe that jalen tyson is due for big minutes on the team well
1: as of right now who else is the alternative to putting or to tyson at the three like you've got lamar washington who literally didn't play co- any college games last year you could slide williams over to the three and put pop pop isaacs at the one or the two obviously if malik wilson comes back that's another potential capable another guy at the guard you're not going to want to want to run a three big lineup and run like box at the five and o'banner at the four or amac at the four and o'banner at the three that'd just be ridiculous so as of now it looks like it's kind of just a process of elimination and putting tyson at the three and certainly mean you could maybe say like well robert jennings but jennings by all accounts is a pretty massive project so it seems kind of crazy to suggest that he would start from day one so sort of looks like it's going to be Jalen tyson almost up by default and obviously i mean tech looks like they're going to potentially add another piece in the next week or so they've got a couple more guys that they're looking into that would be sort of in that three in the two to three role but certainly i mean tyson Given his size, given his potential on both ends of the court, especially offensively, and the versatility he provides to me, he's the easy answer to the issues at the three. I'm not going to completely pin him in as the starter. I think that there's still a little bit up in the air in terms of who all comes in and what sort of their role is, but certainly, I mean, Tyson's got the pedigree to be able to start, and obviously, we've seen the talent, we've heard about what he's done in practice, and so there's no reason why he can't start. And I don't think, I don't think experience is going to be too much of a hindrance when. A, the other options are just as inexperienced in a lot of cases, and B, they might not fit quite as well and wouldn't wouldn't have that experience playing in a certain role as sort of like a wing in the case of like a DeMarion Williams. So just think it's going to be hard to really say that Tyson isn't going to be a starter, just given what we know right now.
0: Uh, So all eyes are on Dominic Welch right now. Uh, Obviously, the uh, St. Bon venture transfer, I think he's on an OV at Texas Tech right now, actually, but a, a guy that plays kind of that shooting guard, wing-type role, he's built kind of like Tyson, got a little bit more weight on him, but a, a guy that would definitely fill that wing spot, if he comes in, obviously there's still a lot to be decided, but what what's kind of the contention or maybe the difference maker between those two? and them being able to carve out a role, even as a starter on this team, whereas I think we've already seen that starting jobs in Mark Adams' system is pretty much vanity. Yeah, I think Welch is a lot closer to like a
1: Brandon Francis type of body, and sort of his size and stature, kind of, he certainly looks more built than what Tyson is right now, and then Tyson, I think it has a little bit of a height advantage on him. But certainly, if you're looking at fundamentals, it's kind of Welsh has a lot of experience in hand over what Tyson has. Obviously, you have a four-year sample of him being a 37-plus percent three-point shooter and being an efficient scorer at the college level. So it's going to be hard to sort of deny that level of experience. But also, Tyson has the versatility in hand to really be a potential dif- difference maker. And I think that Welsh does as well in the sense that you know what he can provide, you know what he's brought to the table, you know that he's a plus shooter. I'd argue use a pretty good defender from the limited amount of tape that I've seen. You could say that his stature is certainly something that he's not going to be a limited or a liability defensively because he's no shorter than a lot of the wings we've seen tech run at the three in years past. So I'm optimistic about Welch, but that's a different podcast session for a different day. But between the two of them, I would say that it's really just going to come down to how much is Tyson's experience going to weigh against them. And Also, how much do you really trust Tyson as a creator? Because if you trust him a lot and you really buy into his ability to hit those pull-ups and trust him as a driver, then I think that sort of brings his potential beyond what Welch can provide. Because Welch is not going to be someone that you're going to rely on a ton as a ball handler, just from what I've seen on tape. But he's someone that obviously you trust a lot as a shooter. But if you're not going to trust Tyson in those roles, then you would have to say that the experienced guy in Welch is probably going to have the upper hand just in terms of positional battles. But again, that's something that's a long way down the road in terms of just seeing First off, you have to get Welch in the program. Second off, you have to see how he practices and what sort of role fits him best. And third off, you have to make sort of the last minute discussion about playing time. And then even then, I mean, like you mentioned, starting really kind of irrelevant. You're going to have guys in the rotation. They're going to get subbed out after two minutes and come back in after four. Either way, like it's not going to make a huge difference. So I'm not too concerned about that. I think just getting Welch on board first is going to be a priority. And then you can sort of worry about how to allocate minutes and who ends up getting starting, who ends up getting in the starting role later on once you get to that bridge?
0: If there's one factor or trait of Jalen Tyson's game that has the biggest potential to swing his possible role for next season, what would you say it is? Ball handling. If he's able to be a ball handler at the wing
1: that can be an initiator and be able to drive. I think that the driving ability is, I think the most important singular trait that you can have, because if he's able to drive well and tech trust him to do that, and he can create well with the drive and not turn the ball over too much, then suddenly you're talking about an offensive player. That's a three level score that can hit pull-ups that can play off the ball. That can also be an effective driver and distributor. Like that's about as complete of an offensive player as you're going to find on this program. So if he can be able to drive the ball effectively, that solves a lot of the questions you have about him. And if he doesn't, then there's always going to be that limitation and you can utilize him as an off ball player, but that sort of puts him more into the, the Marion Williams, the Welch tier guys that are just going to be sort of your elite level catch and shoot guys. And then Tyson's case, obviously the shot has a little bit of question marks around it just because we haven't seen much of it at the college level, but I think the driving ability is what really allows him to be set apart from
0: other wings of similar size and similar stature. Yeah. Driving specifically was going to be mine, but for the sake of differentiation, I'll go with uh, either defense or dribble drive, pull up shots. And I feel like that one's a little too easy because he, from what I've seen, he's so good at it. Um, And obviously it'll have to translate at the collegiate level, but man, that shot looks really, really good in person. But I think there's room for improvement on his lateral speed on defense and then his strength. I think that he's got to make sure that he doesn't get pushed around or bullied around by some of these other bigger wings or even bigger guards Then he's obviously got to survive down low when the Texas Tech defense does inevitably switch. But, yeah, I think if he is driving consistently and effectively and he's playing good defense – it's really difficult to think about him not being one of the six, seven best players on this team, like pretty, pretty easily, probably even top five.
1: I mean, six or seven best players, you're basically saying he's going to be an integral part of the rotation. And I think there's an avenue, even if the driving isn't quite there for him to be a top six player on this team. I think if you had, if you add in the driving ability, then the ceiling for him as being a top three or four player on this roster. I don't think that that's excessive because if you look at the other guys on the roster all have some formal limitations, that I feel like it's going to be a hindrance at least offensively. I mean, obviously Kevin O'Banner, we saw last year, the shot creation and the self creation is just simply not there. And we have a four-year sample of that being the case. Obviously, Amac. I have questions about the three-point shooting. I certainly think his passing could use some work as well. Obviously you've got Davion Harmon, who's kind of, is what he is kind of a jack of all trades master, non offensive player at this point. You've got Damarian Williams who kind of struggles to create for himself at times. I mean, like in general, all of these players offensively have some kind of limitation. Tyson's kind of potential, if the driving is there, is going to be someone that, yeah, certainly is not going to have the burst of a guy like TJ Shannon, but the burst is in that case would be passable. The shot, lev- the shot making could be really elite. And I think if all of those things come together, offensively, at least he could be one of your top two players and defensively, I think he'll be passable enough for it to not make a huge negative impact.
0: All right. Well, that's the scoop on Jalen Tyson. So thank you all for tuning in to today's episode. Highly recommend that you subscribe to our feed, wherever you get podcasts, and then go subscribe to our YouTube channel where we have exclusive video content. Be sure to follow Emory on Twitter at Eraser41, and then follow the official Locked on Texas Tech Twitter page at Locked on TTU to get notified whenever a new episode goes live. Until then, thanks for making Locked on Texas Tech your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Big 12. Get all of your daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Big 12 expert Josh Neighbors. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow.